Welcome to the podcast to be named later, where we explore the world a conversation at a time. Sit back and enjoy. Here are your hosts, Chris and Kelly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast to be named later. Hope everyone out there had a happy Thanksgiving. Chris, didn't get to have your cooked turkey in person this year, so I hope your Thanksgiving out there was uh, good, and welcome to welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving was great, man. I, I, uh, it's actually um, right up there for my favorite holiday, man. I like the long weekend you get. I like the all the football we get, and um, yeah, I had a, re- a really nice weekend, man. Well, great. Yeah, lots of football, both in pro and college. Uh, let's let's dive in a little bit because we've got uh, a lot of interesting happenings coming up at this weekend in college football. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, uh, really excited, man. I mean, uh, where we're at in uh, uh, college football, uh, there, there's a lot of teams vying for, for very few spots. And uh, so the excitement is high. I mean, I, I like it, man. The drama has been high. The stakes have been high. You know, Michigan and Ohio State played – you know, what was probably an elimination game, you know, that the loser of that game doesn't get an opportunity to, to go show what they can do the week following, right? So, you know, you're left with the resume that you had accumulated prior. And um, when you look at the balance of teams up, you know, let's just take the top eight, stopping at like Alabama-ish, uh, it's going to be almost impossible for Ohio State to find its way into the playoff. And by all rights, man, they're probably uh, worthy of, of a spot, but just uh, as a result of losing that Michigan uh, uh, game was is going to be too hard to overcome for them, most likely. Yeah, I think, you know, and this is the last year for the Big Ten divisions, uh, which I think is a good thing. Uh, the Big Ten, like, what does it become, the Big 18? <laughs> Maybe someday they'll do the Big math, 32, but, like pretty huh. soon, man. <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, the, divi- the division of power between the West and the East, uh, the way it's been set up, has never been equal. And the tough thing for both Michigan and Ohio State is uh, whoever, you know, that game is always one game before the Big Ten championship game, and that's usually an elimination game for one of those two teams. Yep, and that's exactly, uh, I think, what it was this year, Kelly. And I don't... I'll never say never because strange things can always happen, but uh, of the teams that have, you know, have championships games coming up this weekend, uh, Michigan seems as secure of a victory as anybody, which will make it interesting. And like we always say, this isn't my day job, so I could be wrong, but I just don't really see that they would lose to Iowa, um, but who knows for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. So the Georgia-Alabama game, uh, is it could go either way. Uh, Washington and Oregon played a nail-biter already. Um, you know, FSU and uh, Louisville, especially with FSU missing their uh, starting quarterback, is, is a close one. And, you know, when you go down the list, that pretty much uh, encompasses – I mean, Texas is in there against uh, Oklahoma State, but um, the one game that I would say, you know, I would feel most confident about would be Michigan handling Iowa. I mean, there's always a chance for a letdown. It's football. It bounces funny. We know this, man. I mean, you know, stranger things will have happened. But um, 
I just don't see how Iowa can can. I mean, it's very possible they get shut out. Michigan's defense is dominant, and Iowa hasn't been able to score all year. Um, you know, Iowa's defense is dominant as well, but you know, Michigan's going to find a way to to scratch some points together, even against a really tough defense. I don't know that Iowa will. So I don't know. Michigan might win, you know, five to two <laughs> in the end, but one way or another, Michigan's winning that football game. I would think. Well, I think the thing that I'll be intrigued to see, right? So Michigan, they're really interesting because uh, they get up by a little bit in a game like that, and they'll just go to their, we're going to run it 20 times again. Yeah, Blake Corum and Edwards, you know, just taking turns. And, um, you know, they showed that in, uh, uh, what game was that? Penn State, maybe? Um where uh, they just came out, and I want to say they they ran coming out of half. They they ran like eighteen or twenty straight running plays, um, and you know, fact is they're really good at it, man. They they got the O line to do it. They got the backs to do it, and so yeah, they get a lead. Um, you know, they should be able to just go to that running game at any point. And you know, Iowa's good, man. Their defense is good, but. Uh, you know, Michigan's proven, you know, Penn State's defense is also good. Ohio State's defense is also good. And, and Michigan was still be able, uh, still able to move the ball on the ground against those two teams. I think the game I'm looking, I'm looking forward to all of them. But the one I'm really going to be curious to see how they both come out is uh, Washington and Oregon. Because, man, they played an epic game a couple weeks ago. That, that one to me is, uh, I mean, obviously SEC is, is kind of been king for a long time. So, you know, Georgia, Alabama, I mean, there's no love lost between those two programs. But I would say the one I'm most interested in as well is, is the Washington-Oregon game. I mean, both those teams can score. The game they played um, in Seattle was, was awesome, man. I mean, it was a great football game. Washington pulled out the win um, like they've been able to do every time this year. You know, they, they've been in some nail biters. They've... Um, you know, had to hold on a couple times. They've had to come from behind a couple times. And, uh, you know, one way or another, they found a way to win. And that Oregon game, um, it was essentially a missed field goal at the end that, that sealed it for Washington. And um, I, I'd love to see that one again as, as well. I think it could really get interesting if, uh, if Alabama beats Georgia. You know, what does the committee do then? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of what ifs, Kelly. I mean, we're just going to have to let the games uh, play. I mean, I, I've kind of gone over some of these scenarios in my head. I've, I, I've been looking at the rankings, you know. Uh, um, it's a really exciting year. Uh, you know, you got – so I'll run through them real quick. You got Georgia undefeated at no, – this is uh, the AP poll currently, okay. So the um, as we're recording this, uh, the week 13, I guess it would be for college um, – the uh, playoff rankings ha don't come out for a few hours, so um, or a couple hours from now. Uh, so that that'll tell us a little bit more about what the committee's thinking. But uh, essentially, you're looking at Georgia, Michigan, Washington State, and Florida State all undefeated at 12 and 0, and then right behind them you have Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, and Alabama, and all but Ohio State are playing in a championship game this weekend. And as we just said, all of them, with the exception of what we believe Michigan should should be able to handle it, all of them could lose. <laughs> so, and and because of matchups, obviously, like a a couple of them would have to win, right? So either Oregon or Washington is going to win, and either Alabama or Georgia is going to win. But um, man, if if 
if all the underdogs end up winning, and, and some of these aren't even uh, – I mean, these are close matchups, man. I mean, they're not, like, significant underdogs. It could very well happen. Uh, then, uh, boy, I don't know, man. You're talking about Georgia being 12-1, and Alabama being 12-1, and Texas being 12-1, and you know – Oregon, let's say, is twelve and one, and Washington's twelve and one. <laughs> and yeah, so, know you know what I mean. Like you're, you're talking seven, eight guys that, that are all like, "Hey, you know, we, we all got one loss, and look who we beat." And you know, it's gonna be tough. So I don't think that'll happen, man. It seems like year after year, dude. Uh, things by the time it all all the dust settles, um, you know, things are pretty clear. And with the exception of maybe like the last two teams in, you know, who's four and who's five. Uh, sometimes that's a little bit in doubt, but, um, you know, usually the games settle themselves, right? Oh, so yeah. I know we always wish for a little more chaos, but uh, rarely do we get it, um, I think. So we'll see what we end up with this time. I'd say the interesting thing, and also for me, though, is if you would have asked me earlier in the year, like, uh, you know, Georgia, they were they were king of the hill. I mean, coming off being champion, uh, they're still high on the mountain, if you will, but they've come back a little bit to earth. Well, I, I do think that, you know, they started a new quarterback, and um, I think it took time for them to find their rhythm, especially offensively. I mean, you know, they're, like you said, they're the king of the hill in the SEC, and that by default gives you – uh, a, a basically an NFL caliber defense, right? And um, they kind of relied on that early and while they figured things out offensively and, and still managed to win football games. And when they came across lesser opponents, I mean, they were able to just out-physical them. And, um, you know, the running game doesn't take as long to develop sometimes and uh, uh, the timing of the passing game is a little more challenging. And so they were able to... Um, you know, kind of run the ball, keep things simple. And then about the midway paint, I'd say about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, you started to see what they could do with the passing game. Um, you know, they started settling in with that. Uh, uh, you know, they've trailed in a couple of ga games uh, recently. And, and, you know, then they turn it on and end up, you know, winning by three, four touchdowns. So uh, I think they're there now. You know, I mean, I think they're peaking. I think they're they look as good. We'll find out, man. They're about to play in a, in a few days against Alabama, who also looks really good and also looks like they found their stride. You know, Alabama didn't even pick a starting cornerback for a couple of weeks into the season, right? So, um, you know, and now they they look like the Alabama of old. So, uh, Georgia's got their work cut out for them. But man, given what they've done and how they've looked, and they're the two-time defending champion, and you know. Even if they lose to – now, if Alabama beats them, you know, 42 to 10, that's one thing. But, you know, if they lose, you know, 31 to 30 uh, in the SEC championship game, man, it sure feels like they've done enough. I mean, who, who would you rather have, dude? Who do you think is more deserving, an undefeated Florida State team or a one-loss Georgia team that lost to Alabama in the, in the SEC championship, you know? Yeah, see, that's where, you know, and again – you got to look at what the whole body of the work is on one hand, but then you've also, like, the committee's job is also to try and put together a competitive thing, and uh, it's no uh, no fault of Florida State's, but, I mean, they're not the same team as they were. And so, uh, you know, I honestly think, it, I think that no matter what the outcome, well, I shouldn't say it that way. If Alabama beats Georgia, I think both teams still go to the, the championship because I think 
a one loss for either one of those teams bumps them up high enough to uh well it's not going to kick georgia out i guess i'd say and i think it's going to have to bring alabama up yeah i mean so you're talking because michigan's got their spot so now you're yeah, talking so i think then i think it'd be you know let's say alabama wins i think you're going to drop um i'd probably drop 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 georgia to four uh move alabama to three Michigan to one, and uh, assuming Washington wins, moves them to two. Yeah. I, I don't I – don't, and having seen both those teams playing as of late, you know, uh, I just I, – Oregon's a better team, man. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, maybe Washington's just got a magical season going, and, and they'll find a way to beat them again. But um, so – that's why you know, I'm intrigued. I think about, Oregon is a better team. That's why I'm really intrigued by this game. I mean, it's a but, nine and a half point spread, which I think is gigantic. I mean, that's, I, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it come out. I'll, I'll double check it real quick. But when that came out, I, I swear I saw nine and a half. Yeah, nine and a half. Oregon's favored by by almost double digits against a team they already lost to. So, you know, that kind of tells you what Vegas thinks. You know, the other thing about it is, though, dude, sometimes, I mean, there is we uh, again one of my recurring themes the stories and whatever whatever magic washington's got going behind them maybe it is that storybook season that really strikes me as a uh, uh you know vegas is rarely wrong on this kind of stuff but that's a pretty big point spread to me but I, i'm surprised by that point spread a little bit yeah me too when i saw it come out because i was going to bet oregon and, uh, you know, I figured it'd come out at, like, I don't know, five, maybe similar to the Georgia-Alabama game. You know, I, Oregon looks like the better team. And so I was like, I'll take them. You know what I mean? At, at anything uh, less than a touchdown, I'm taking Oregon. And when I saw nine and a half, I'm like, what? They already beat them. <laughs> like, this is a weird number. It's not like there's a huge injury on Washington or something to, to skew it. And so, yeah, I mean. Uh, the anyway, really staying, exciting thing after now. all. Oh, sorry. The really exciting thing after all this is uh, next year we get not only the eight teams that we've kind of talked about here, but another four in the mix. Yeah, and that'll just shift it down. It'll take some of the pressure off. Like if this was next year, uh, we would know Michigan was in, Georgia was in. It doesn't matter if they win their championship game or not. Um, actually, even Oregon and Washington, their championship game wouldn't you know, the winner wouldn't, wouldn't, I mean, it would matter to them. Obviously everyone, you know, every college wants to win their, their conference championship and everything. And I'm sure they'd still play hard and all that business and, and all of that. But from a fan's perspective, it takes the stakes off, you know, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, FSU, Oregon, probably even Ohio state, Texas, Alabama, they're all in, you know, whether they win or lose their championship game, you know, maybe Alabama with two losses or Texas with two losses, maybe you could say, ah, uh, you know, they better win or they're not in. But the next teams are Missouri, Penn State, Mississippi, Oklahoma, LSU. I mean, okay, so so there will be some excitement for those teams, absolutely. But a lot of the the high end guys will already have their position solidified. There's no way they're going to drop 
13 spots, right? Or Georgia's not dropping 13 spots out of the playoffs entirely by a loss to Alabama. And so same thing with Michigan. If they lost to Iowa, they're not going to drop all the way to 14 in the rankings and stuff like that. So, you know, in some ways, man, this, you know, this is kind of exciting. And this is our last chance at this where like literally every single one of these teams that are currently ranked in the top four, you got to be nervous if you lose, depending on what else happens in some of the other conference championship games. Like, dude, there's a chance if you lose your your, your championship game, you're out. And uh, next year, I don't think that'll be the case. But, you know, it'll make it really exciting for, um, you know, sometimes some teams start slow and they come on late and they picked up a loss or maybe even two losses early. And it's like, man, but you look at them and they're a really good football team. You can tell just by watching them, but, you know, by – by the fact that they lost a couple early, they're you know they're they're not going to have a chance at the playoffs. And I think what'll happen is there'll be a couple of those types of teams that we get in the twelve, where it's like, hey, nobody wants to face these dudes, like LSU. Nobody wants to play LSU this year. I know they got three losses, but that don't that's not really indicative of how good a football team they are right now. You know, maybe their starting quarterback was hurt to start the year. You know, or maybe who knows, man? Maybe there's some some circumstances that came into play that caused a couple losses along the way, and now. Uh, with the 12 teams, you're going to get a couple of true wild cards like, hey, you know, the, this team's capable of knocking off the one seed at this point. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to because, uh, right, we see it every year. I mean, some team, whatever, uh, you know, maybe they, like you said, their quarterback's hurt, or maybe they played some big game early on and lost it, you know, and maybe they took one other loss early in the season. But after that, they've really been uh, cranking. But there's no way a team like that, you're never going to get in the four-team playoff, a two-loss team in there. And so you got a little more room. Yeah, and then we'll debate, you know, it's sports. We always debate. So we'll debate between, you know, who should be 13 and 14. The other nice thing will be you're going to get a couple of good uh, matchups, uh, you know, weekends of matchups here when with the greater rounds of playoffs. And they're all going to be, to me, high-end, top-dollar football games. Well, and the guys that really helps is exactly like what happened to Ohio State this year, you know. You know, sometimes you're just in a specific division – within your conference that's brutal and it's man it's impossible to navigate this thing and dude we we are we're arguably the best team in our division you know we didn't win the one game we had to win but man if we played that game 10 times we we might win five of them hell we might win six or seven of them but you know we lost this one and so a team like what is going to happen to ohio state this year they are easily um on par with those other teams and they aren't going to get an opportunity to um, showcase that because they lost one game within their division. It's going to keep them out of the championship game. And when they expand to 12, that brings Ohio State back in, you know, next year, which I think is is fair, right? Yeah, when you're when you're going to college football is always interesting because of um, you've got all these divisions and they've got championship games, and then you've got you know, but the pool that you're picking from is so small, even with 12. Um, but you, it's not like the NFL where, you you know, you can clearly have a divisional structure and all this stuff. Um, it's hard enough to make that work in, a, in these conferences and have uh, a good stuff. As we talked about earlier, I mean, you can go back up and down, man. There's no way that – and look, I'm a Badger fan. 
but I'm also realistic. And the the West has been consistently weaker than the East. I mean, frankly, and I don't know enough of the history as to how the divisions got created, but there's it probably wasn't right at some level to stick Ohio State and Michigan in the same division when they created the divisions. Yeah, and I don't. I, I maybe you know more than I do. What is the real rhyme uh, realignment going to look like in? Uh, I'm not honestly sure, man. Future I don't big, know Big Twenty Two or whatever they are. Uh, um, well, <laughs> you know, there's another thought that's been going through my mind about all this college football stuff. Uh, well, you want to talk about odd? Well, I mean, the Pac-12 is is done basically. Yeah. You know, and then following their best season ever. Ever. <laughs> I mean, you got two two teams in the top. Five, um, and then yeah. the other weird thing is, so uh, you know we got some of those schools coming to the Big Ten, and then you also got Oregon State coach coming to be the coach for Michigan State, which is interesting. But uh, how does that work? How do you recruit someone to come take that job at Oregon State? I don't even know if they knew who they're playing next year. Yeah. Uh... I mean, and it's too bad, man. I mean, same thing with Washington State, right? I mean, they they haven't found a home, have they? Not that I heard. No. Of. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I I mean, you know, I actually heard something on the radio today when I was driving about uh, this, the management and the um, powers that be within the Pac, uh, twelve are, are going to be a case study for future uh, business schools of how not how to run a business into the ground. You know what I mean? You, you had your golden goose, they said. So you got a golden goose and you slayed it. <laughs> and it's like, you know, cause, just because you're greedy and, and poor management. And, you know, and, and it's too bad, man, because there's a, a lot of history in that conference. And, um, you know, you're losing all these rivalries, and it's just it's kind of sad, man. I mean, you probably can hear it in my voice, dude. It's just like it's too bad, man. I mean, it's too bad that that greed and, and poor management um, have brought us to this point. And you know, a team like Oregon State is just left out in the cold at the moment. I'm sure they'll find a home. You know what I mean? I'm sure I'm sure they'll 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 pick up the pieces just like we all would, right? We all go through different you know rough periods, and and you know you you dust yourself off and you get back on your feet and I'm sure Oregon state and Washington state will do that, you know, and, and find a, a, a new path. No, I mean, we talked about this once before, at least, and I, I'm sad to see the, the PAC 12 go. I think that, you know, again, maybe it's just cause it's always been part of my life, but I think there's a lot of great tradition there. Um, there's, I don't know. For me, college football is still, I know it's not really that way much anymore when you got teams, uh, you know, Cal and uh, Stanford, they're going to the ACC, right? Yeah, they're close uh, by. So, I mean, <laughs> teams that are <laughs> just you know, right how, down the street. Uh, you know, how far are they from the Pacific Ocean? Not too far, either one of them. But hey, they're in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah. Uh, don't don't, well, don't I think go Stanford, to I think Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> You know, don't don't go to the geography class at those colleges, I guess. Um, but just a lot of traditions lost, and uh, I do think I I mentioned it before, man. I think that Larry Scott, uh, their previous commissioner, and even the stuff I've read, I mean, they just 
they, you, like you said, man, I think you had a, a money-making, not just a money-making machine, but a entertainment machine and, and an incredibly valued commodity in property. And you ran it into the ground and you, you, it all stemmed from them not being able to manage their television contracts properly, like it or not. I mean, that's, that's what drives the engine in sports today and what pays the bills. And yep. they, they never managed that well. They never, they never managed their Pac-12 network well. So, you know, it was many of those cities where they even had schools, it wasn't on the cable systems, a bunch of other stuff. And yet they walked around like they um, were, uh, should have been the king of the hill. And um, that's unfortunate. And it's really unfortunate, as I said, to see something like that just go away. Yep, I agree, man. I mean, but it is what it is, you know. I mean, there's lots of unfortunate things that take place in the world all the time, and um, you know, this this is one that's outside of any of our powers to to fix. And you know, the die's already been cast, you know, as it were, and we'll just you know move forward with you know what we got now. So it's going to be weird. Um, you know, it's too bad too because you know, like the NFL was like this for a long time, and and. Uh, I'm trying to think what the last two were. It was Jacksonville and Carolina, I think, were the last two added when they went to this very balanced, you know, 16 teams per conference and four teams per division. And it's and and the realignment. If you remember, Arizona used to be in the East. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's just a, a real choppy. You know, I don't understand why they did it. You know, hey, we got to put you somewhere. Hey, we're going to put you over here. You know what I mean? As as teams came in and. Um, expand as the NFL expanded and stuff and I get why they did it at the time but it, it felt really nice when everything got cleaned up and geographically the divisions made more sense again and uh, now we're in this spot with uh, the NCAA or who knows if they'll even be the NCAA any you know who knows man I mean the future is still up in the air in my mind I mean we're not done with this Kelly you know what I mean this is uh, you know this is where we're at now but I don't think for one second this is all the movement's done. So no, not at all. I think, I, I think you hinted at something that um, I I think is we're still you know the book's still being written. I don't know what the future even of the NCAA is in, in its current form because when you combine all the nil money um, with these conferences getting so huge, I mean, uh, you know. They could tell the NCAA to pound sand. Yeah, I mean, the PGA ran golf forever. I mean, I didn't even think there was another uh, professional golf league. You know, I mean, I know there's European tours and things, but and then all of a sudden, Live Golf came in and said, "Hey, we got a bunch of money, and we like what you do. We want to buy it." <laughs> and if you think for one second someone showed up with a, a, a Brinks truck, you know, with you know three trillion dollars and said hey listen georgia alabama ohio state michigan we want you to play in our league you know keep doing everything you're doing keep giving your kids education and stuff we don't really give a, a, a rats about that you know do whatever you want just make sure your football team shows up on saturday and, and you know we'll give you 10 million dollars a game you think you know some of these powerhouses wouldn't say hey you know what uh I think I'm going to go play over here. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. You know what I mean? Like, if you think that's off the table, I, I think you're 
cut your head in the sand because you know if someone shows up with enough money and the reality is i mean this you're talking lots of money dude i mean you know the georgia alabama ohio state michigan i, I mean these guys represent you know big numbers dude and and so so if you know someone shows up and decides hey we we want you to play for us in, in this league over here you're still gonna have a 12 game schedule you're still gonna uh you know compete against other prominent schools and um you know here's the paychecks you're gonna get uh yeah i, th I think we're gonna see you know i'd say we're gonna see a lot of you know some level of changes for the next five years it'll it'll flop around and bounce around then it'll probably get stable again for a while um like it was but um you know it's all really actually good i mean it's been it is really interesting how quickly some of the changes coming in now i mean for let's not forget for years and years you know we we had the bcs thing and before that we didn't even have a championship and all the rest and you had you know, the championship was just based on voting and a bunch of other stuff. So ultimately, I think we're headed with a lot of, you know, uh, bumps along the way, but we're headed to what you really should have, for me anyway, in athletic competition is settle it on the field to play with trying to get the best possible matchups and give the best possible teams uh, uh uh, opportunity to get in there and if you can swing it so that you always you know have a couple of wild cards or underdogs i think that's why you know you're not going to do it with 68 teams in football but that's what also makes the march madness so special um but let's not lose sight of where we where, where we're coming from here yeah no i mean i i and i i think we all as sports fans would agree that what had been in place um, for as long for my entire lifetime was wasn't great and in terms of who the national champion is uh we're in the best place we've ever been in so you know by the time it's all said and done i would say ever since they've gone to this uh, playoff championship four team format you know at the end of it all there, there's no question hey th this team is the best team in the country they deserve it and you know historically i mean i washington shared with uh who they share with Miami, maybe? I think it was Miami. And, uh, you know, I remember when I was younger, there was like some debate on, you know, because all the Bulls had specific conference um, uh, 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 allegiance, Alignment, you know. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard. You know, it would have been nice to see Miami and Washington play each other. Like, I don't know, let's settle in on the field. And, and now I think you could argue about who gets left out. You could, you know, Ohio State could, could be upset that, hey, we could have we beat you know, Michigan on a neutral field or whatever. You can say whatever you want. But the reality is, you know, if Georgia beats Oregon and then goes on to beat Michigan, we're all going to feel real good. Georgia's the best team in the country, you know. And, and I think since they've gone to this four-team playoff, I would say that, you know, the team that has walked away from that championship game, I, I feel very comfortable saying they're the best team in the country. Yeah, and I feel, again, I'm liking, I like the 12-team playoff, but I would also say that, even if there we could debate, you know, come Sunday, like which teams don't get in, every team that we've talked about had an opportunity. They had a, like, yeah, and we, you know, we can talk about how teams grow and all that, but they all did have an, a, a pretty good opportunity, uh, you know, 
uh, to make their case to get into the final four. I'm looking up something real quick. Uh, put some thoughts in. I, I want to because I actually don't know the uh, format for the uh, tw- twelve team. I think it's still up in the air because it was going to be a certain way, but one of the conferences that was. I think it was going to be that the conference champions got um, automatic bids or something. And the then top four teams will receive a first-round bye. Okay, so then the remaining eight will play. So, so that is pretty cool, actually, because that brings us back to where we are. If you think those teams don't want to buy, <laughs> you know, nobody wants to play an extra game against one of the best teams in the country. So what I had said earlier about, um, you know, it takes some of the drama away and, and – uh, you know, Georgia knows they're in, Michigan knows they're in, things like that. Um, with that setup, you know, being able to get a buy, being in that top four matters a great deal. And, and so that brings the, the drama back into play, which, which is nice. Yeah, I think the biggest debate that I haven't read is with the demise of the Pac-12, how some of this will happen, like what they're going to do. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll find out well, next year. Hey, let me ask you this. Since, since uh, before we we switch gears here, uh, who do you like, man? Who who are your two teams? Obviously, we don't know the rankings, and and they may end up having to play each other earlier. But who do you think are the two best teams in the country, and who would you take to win the national championship right now? I think the two best teams right now uh, are Oregon and Michigan. And I know that's pretty wild and radical, but um, that's that's who I think are playing the best football right now. And I, I would take Michigan and, and Georgia. And I actually picked Michigan to win the national championship. I, I think they, from everything I've seen, um, you know, it's so hard because the SEC is playing against the SEC, you know. And historically, they've always been the bigger, stronger humans <laughs> you know playing the game and, and then when they get into uh the matchups although texas went into alabama and beat them earlier but um michigan just feels like an sec team i mean they just manhandle their opponents and uh you know i, I think for you know it's hard to, it's hard to say because the competition sometimes is different and everything but um you know from what i've seen man i i, I think they they can match up against anybody and um you know it, I'm taking them. So, anyway, those would be my top two is Michigan Yeah, and I mean, there's a reason why most of the champions have come out of the SEC, to be clear. I mean, yeah. so I realize, uh, you know, and more than once we've seen some of the teams from the other uh, conferences really not do too well here. That's why it is hard. I mean, the, the SEC up and down, you know, is to me the number one conference and. Oregon's been in this path before, man, and sometimes they don't do so well at that next level. The thing, uh, they've just got an incredible offense. They do, and, and I mean, Oregon's a, a really, really, really good football team, no, no doubt about it, but the problem I have is, you know, kind of like what I was alluding to, man, just, just physically. So Oregon, you know, may have one or two uh, NFL-caliber defensive linemen, let's say. Okay, just pick just pick any group you want, offensive line, defensive line. That's where football games are won and lost, right? So they, they got one or two NFL-caliber defensive linemen. Georgia, ha- Georgia has nine, 
You know what I mean? The, the, yeah, well, the guys yeah. who aren't I mean, even on the field aren't playing. So when you line up four across, you know, all four of those those uh, defensive linemen are NFL caliber dudes. And Oregon has, you know, one really good one and, and then, you know, some other dudes you know, who are walk-ons or whatever. And it's like, you know, when you go man for man on, on both sides of, of the line in the trenches, uh, they just don't end up match it up, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could go as far as saying, hey, the best two teams are Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, and they, they got dudes who, you know, don't even see the field who... who I mean, they got, they, got, they got guys that, you know, I mean, I guarantee when it comes time for the draft, I'll bet you those two teams uh, are up near the top of the most that they place in the NFL again. Yeah, every year. I mean, so, uh, you know, uh, make it interesting. We'll see. I mean, that's why they play them and... You know, yep. Washington, who knows what they're going to do. I mean, I'm, uh, I, that's, again, this is what I'm really going to be intrigued to see with the bigger playoff because we'll get a few more of these games from uh, than just really three of them right now. We get three at the end of the year, you know, two semifinals and the final. We'll get several more of teams, elite teams from the different conferences playing yep. each other. Yep. And, you know. Yeah, we really be in. Maybe the SEC will continue to dominate. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yep. Won't surprise well, me. I'll tell you what. So I mean, we covered. We, we you know, there's games to be played. We'll get a chance to catch back up again. Um, you know, uh, after the uh, conference championships games are played, you know, the the playoffs will be set. The bowl, the bowls will be set, and uh, you know, then uh, we'll have an opportunity to reconvene at that point and and you know see what we think then you know getting to see these games actually play out uh you know who knows man maybe georgia beats alabama 56 to 10 you know what i mean you, you, you don't know so we got to see how these games play and then we'll have a little more information on uh you know what we think heading into the playoffs speaking of 56 to 10 it wasn't quite that bad but we did have some pretty big wins over the thanksgiving weekend and uh in the professional football league uh also had some really tough games what what are your thoughts about uh thanksgiving weekend in football well a couple of so one thing that i've been kind of on you know running through my brain uh over the last couple of days after seeing some of the stuff that transpired um it just hammers home what what i've kind of always believed and i'm sure at some point i i've referenced it you know on this podcast kelly where uh, you know, there's just teams that know how to win. And then there's other teams that are still trying to find their way to that. And, um, you know, the Eagles, um, you know, were had every which way to lose that game against the Bills. The Bills had to have it. I think the Bills show, showed their, um, you know, their grit and, and showed that, hey, man, you know, we can play with anybody. But at the end of the day, uh, the Eagles just – always seem to find a way to win man and it took a 59 yard field goal in the rain um just an incredible kick by jake elliott to uh push it to overtime and um one way or another man the the eagles come out on top uh and it just shows you know there's teams out there there's a lot of talk about the bears uh heading you know throughout last night and leading up to last night about you know finding a way to finish right find a way to to win and they've had leads, and they've, they've been winning football games and then somehow, you know, tossed them away, you know, as, as the clock was expiring. And 
um, you know, the good teams just find a way to, to pull out victories and, and some of the other teams, you know, you just seems like, like the chargers come to mind, like, dude, the, the ways that they've lost football games over the last 10, 20 years, is just mind blowing. Like, man, you find so many unique possible scenarios to, to not win <laughs> in the end. And, um, you know, and so, you know, they got no Super Bowls to show for it, no no Super Bowl appearances, and, you know, however long it's been since, you know, Seau was and, and Tomlinson were on that team, I think. And so, you know, it's it's been a long time for the uh, Chargers. And, um, yeah, it took away that um, the Eagles are really, really good at football. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think this game coming up this week is – you know, the 49ers at, at Philly is, is giant. You know, I, I would argue they're the two best teams in football. You know, originally coming into the season, I kind of felt like the AFC uh, had a ton of really good football teams. And then, you know, Buffalo hasn't really been up to snuff. Kansas City hasn't really been up to snuff. Uh, Cincinnati lost Burrow. I mean, he was hurt early, and then he got hurt again and out for the season now. And so, you know, you start taking down some of the top rungs of the AFC, and now um, it sure looks like the the Eagles and the 49ers are the two best teams in the NFL to me. And uh, they can't both go to the Super Bowl. So uh, this is going to be a really cool preview of what is very likely going to be the NFC Championship game. Um, you know, there's a lot of things could happen. I mean, the Cowboys, uh, you know, are, are, they, they rise up from time to time. And, um, you know, there's, there'll be other teams in the playoffs. But the, the Niners and Eagles are clearly the class. And so they got a, a matchup this weekend that should, you know, kind of set the stage for what will likely be a, a future meeting in the playoffs. You know, you talked about, I want to jump back to one thing you said, because if we had a podcast producer, uh, I'd love to have this segment. I'd love to take you outside and see how far you could kick a football, like a field goal kicker. Yeah, not far, dude. I've, I mean, I've tried to kick field goals before, and, uh, I, I do not have a 59 yard leg. I can promise you that, sir. It's just, when you think about that, I mean, that's, that's 177 feet, man. Yep. Uh, flying through the air with, you know, at whatever angle. And I don't know if his kick was straight on recall, if his kick was straight on or from a hash, but I don't know. I mean, I've always heard, they always say one of the hardest things to do in sports is to hit a home run. Um, I wonder where kicking a field goal reliably ends up being. Yeah, if you took just 100 random people off the street and asked them, okay, I need you to hit this baseball 400 feet or whatever a home run would be depending on the stadium. Let's say, let's say 350 to, to get it over a wall somewhere, right? So it's very possible none of them could do it. And if, if you lined up a 59-yard field goal, I, I, none of them could do that either. But to hit a baseball, I think a, a handful of them would be able to, to crack out a couple doubles and stuff. Um, I'd say the max on field goal kicking, you know, 30, 35 yards maybe. Would, would the, best, the, best, the best guy or girl out of the 100 that you picked, 
I bet the longest field goal kicked would be like 35 yards, and it would be the whole crowd cheering and can't believe they made it because <laughs> everyone else is going to be failing miserably. Anything over like 25, 30 yards is pretty tough, dude. I, I, like I said, I've tried to kick field goals before. It's not very easy, you know, but these guys practice this, man. They've been kicking field goals since they were in high school. They got coaches and trainers and, you know, freaking nutritionists and everything else. I mean, they're, they're, they've been – gearing their leg up for this one task, you know, repeatedly day after day. So the margin for error in doing that though is pretty small, man. Yeah. Oh, and I if mean, you see, if you'd have seen that kick Kelly, I mean, dude, I mean, obviously you got to kick it low cause you, you, you know, you need all that distance. You can't be getting it up in the air um, and then cover 59 yards. It was raining when he did it. The ground was wet. Um, I mean, just everything, all the deck was stacked against him to be able to make a kick like that. And we've seen Justin Tucker make a couple, uh, I mean, well, more than a couple. We've seen him make, you know, probably dozens of incredible kicks over the course of his career. And he's he's the best I've ever seen. And, um, you know, Jake, props to Jake Elliott, man. I mean, that was a that dude, way to do your job, buddy. <laughs> that, was, that was not an easy task. And, and he, you know, he found a way to get it through. And then they went on to win in overtime. So, but just think about, uh, again, I mean, there's always debates, but think about this. I mean, even if we go back to that, hitting that baseball, maybe you don't make full contact, but you still hit it and it flies some distance. I mean, uh, just to kick a field goal, like the, I think the margin for error is probably even, even less because like you got to get the ball down right you got to get the timing down and the number of steps like if you're running up and you don't have your steps right you could miss the ball entirely yep or you know squib it 2 feet i don't know i've i've kicked field goals a couple times but you got to be pretty brave to be the holder for someone who can't see <laughs> Yeah, I guess I don't think I've ever held a ball for you before. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I like I said, I've tried kicking field goals before, man. It's not, it's not an easy task. I promise you. So, I mean, I think uh, if you look at anything in sports, it's not. But, uh, but kind of what I was getting at, you know, a little bit what I was alluding to. So, um, you know, the Houston Texas and Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars played a, I, I mean, a really, really important game in Houston this weekend. Um, you know, the separation it was. I mean, at the time when the Jags, uh, the the Ravens went on to win their game, so so they moved back into one. But at the time when Jacksonville won, they they were the one seed in the AFC as a result of beating the Texans earlier. Had they lost that game, Houston would have been leading the division. And so, you know, the the swing. I mean, you're talking about going from the one seed in the AFC all the way to, you know, the other team is winning the division now. So it was a huge game, and in that game there was a 59-yard field goal attempted. Um, that uh, hit the crossbar. I mean, it literally two more feet, Kelly. I mean, if he had a yard, if it was a 58-yard field goal, it was good. I mean, it might have been, like I said, he only needed like two feet because he hits the crossbar. And, and if he would have just got like another foot and a half to two feet, it would have hit and bounced through. You know what I'm saying? It would have hit on the backside of the crossbar and gone gone through. And so, um, and actually on that, uh, they made a big deal about it. A lot of people have talked about this. Um they had got down into range and then uh, CJ Stroud took a, a nine yard sack uh, on that series. And then they weren't able to get much of the yardage back and uh, made the kick extra long. I mean, it was dead center, man. I mean, it was a, a beautiful, perfect kick, except for he just didn't quite have the leg to, to, to get it through. And, um, 
And, you know, I thought about that after Elliott made his 59-yard kick. Um, both great kicks. Both, you know, Elliott's was arguably much better given that it was raining outside and wet and everything else. Plus, um, you know, it, it just the game that had taken place and everything. And um, the Eagles are a really good football team that they win games and were in the Super Bowl last year. And the Houston Texans are trying to learn how to win. And, you know, by all accounts, those two kicks, either one of them could have been made, either one of them could have been missed, could have both been made, both been missed. But the team that's good at winning found a way to get it done, and the team that's still trying to learn how to win didn't. You know, and I just feel like in sports, you know, you just see that a lot, man, where, you know, the margins are so small a lot of times, but that just for whatever reason, the, the good teams are always on the right side of the margin, and it can't just be luck. No, I think, you know, it's, it's a combination of, uh, things we've chatted about and uh, that practice that having been there before that confidence I mean uh, and everything else we can go back to that other play you know the the everyone loves to talk about the brotherly shove you know other teams have tried it they don't do so well at it and you listen to more than one Philadelphia player talk about it and you know it's become part of their identity and so they take pride in being able to do it well yeah, I love that they walk up to the line, and, and they're already talking smack. Uh, um, Jason Kelsey, you know, uh, made a comment about, you know, they're, they're, I think it was a, a, a goal-to-go situation, you know, and, um, you know, as they break the huddle, he comes walking out, and he's talking to the defensive line going, you know what's coming, boys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's got to feel pretty good to be able to, you know, tell tell the opposing defense, hey, we're about to run a QB sneak right right here. Uh, good luck, and um, you know, and they'd score a touchdown, and you know, it's uh, it, it should be a source of pride. Other teams, college teams, have tried lots. I, I've seen that play mimicked a easy 10, 12 times in, in games that I've watched, college games, pro games. I've seen other teams line up, and they just cannot execute it. And uh, I mean, some have, you know, what I mean, some have been successful, but QB snakes have have always been successful, and. Um, uh, and and then failed sometimes, but the the rate at which the su- the success rate that the Eagles have is unmatched, man. I mean, it's not even close, dude. I mean, they are all just short of one hundred percent effective with that play. And you know, good on him, man. I I I love it. I, I hey, you know you know what you got to do. <laughs> His, you I think it's see- great. I yeah. mean, and I imagine it's kind of. I mean, it's look, man. It's an athletic competition. It's it's got to be feeling great to like you know like you said to walk up there everybody knows what's going to happen there's no secret it's not some thing and they're you know now if some team cracks the code you know uh and figures out how to stop them routinely well they'll probably quit running the play but i I say keep doing it till someone shows you that they can and you know what whatever they've put together to figure it out more power to them yeah, I mean, you know, you, you're not going to let Steph Curry shoot free throws because he's too good at it, man. I mean, it is what it is, dude. It's part of the game. It's a legal play, and uh, I just happen to be really good at it. Any uh, any games jump out to you from the weekend? That uh, other exciting things uh, for me, the the Packers. I didn't. I'll tell you this: a lot of surprised people here in Wisconsin. Oh uh, yeah, that would. I mean, that one huh. by all rights. I mean, you and I are. 
Packer fans, and so sometimes I don't know how you feel, but sometimes I feel like ah, we should shouldn't be uh, just you know harping on the Packers. But the fact is, this week they deserve it. I mean, they went into Ford Field and and beat the Lions, man. I mean, that was and they beat them. So you know, Jordan Love looked great. Um, you know, Lions just don't lose at home much. You know, over the last couple of years, and uh, nobody really. So we run our football pool. Nobody picked the Packers, man. I mean, we got a whole pool full of Packer fans. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people in the family in the in in the uh, the pool, and I, you know, <laughs> I didn't look till later. You know, I was having Thanksgiving and everything, but at some point later in the evening, I went and looked to see, and I just assumed someone had two right. You know what I mean? Someone picked the Packers, and you know, the uh, I think the Cowboys was the second game, and that was an easy pick, right? And so, like, well, I just hope there wasn't too many, right? You know, what I mean, I figured there'd be five or six people that were Packer homers, and when I looked, and I was like, dude, no one picked them. I can't believe it. So that kind of tells you something, man. When Packer fans aren't even picking them. Um, you know, obviously, uh, they were doubted. And good on them, man. They went in there, and, and uh, they played a really good football team and beat another good football team on the road. So, um, yeah, there's signs of life, buddy. And, and I'm, I'm hopeful, man. I mean, we all want Jordan Love to, to, to be our guy, right? Um, you know, I would love to transition straight from Favre to Rodgers to Love and, and have another 10, 15 years of great quarterback play. That would be amazing, man. We'd all We all want that, right? And uh, to this point in the season, I don't think anyone thought that was a reality. You know, I, I, earlier in the year, you made a comment that the uh, uh, you had heard uh, someone else had said, like, well, the Packers don't know what they have in love, but they know what they don't have. They don't have a franchise quarterback. And, you know, now after a couple more weeks, it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second here. Like, you know, maybe it's just taking the kid a little time to, to you know, to, to get comfortable. And maybe it's just, you know, taking him a little longer than we had hoped but I'll tell you what dude the last couple games I mean he sure shows signs of being an NFL quarterback to me yeah I've been you know look I'm a Packer fan make no secret about it I didn't pick him this week uh and actually I, I I've also told you I'm in on Detroit I think their coach is good I think their team is good and they've got it going on uh so I, I uh this was really a, a, a solid game from them. Uh, what, the first one, I'd say that really just, and not just the play, but the, the play calling and just, you know, starting out early and they, they throw the long pass and they're successful at it and just all kinds of things in that game. Like, it's the first time that I've seen uh, from this iteration of the team, like, yeah, this is the potential. Now, you know, uh, you got to keep it up, and they got they got some tough games still, uh, to be clear. But I think that um, things are looking a little brighter. I'm not, I, you know, they're, they, they've got to continue to build this team. But definitely looking up, and uh, it's always fun when that happens. Well, I mean, they do have a tough one this week, uh, you know, at home against the Chiefs uh, in prime time. So um, we'll see. I mean, the Chiefs are have been the pinnacle of the NFL world for, you know, six years. And, um, you know, the, the Eagles look like the better team this year. And, and the 49ers, you know, Chiefs have been struggling a little bit. But make no mistake, man. I mean, the Chiefs are what everyone else strives to be. Um, and... Uh, that that'll be a tough one, you know what I mean? Not impossible to to pull out a win, but um, that that'll be a challenge. But then after that, Kelly, it's 
It, they got the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers. All of those should be winnable football games. I mean, they, they should be favored in all of them. Um, and then the big one is going to be at Minnesota on uh, New Year's Eve night. And that will probably be a scenario where uh, winner gets in, loser is out of the playoffs. Um, and then they finish with the Bears at home. So, you know, looking at this, even if they do lose to the Chiefs, um, you know, they, they could potentially ramble off three straight wins against Giants, Bucks. Put it this way, if you're a playoff team, you should beat the Giants, Bucks, and Panthers. If you can't beat those teams, then then you're not a playoff team. So that's fine. It is what it is. You'll get a higher pick in the draft. But if you're if you are a playoff team, you got to be able to beat those guys when when the stakes are high. You know what I mean? Because believe me, when you get to the playoffs, it ain't going to get any easier. The teams you're going to face there. So um, you know, then they got a tough game at Minnesota, uh, and I very likely, you know, right now Minnesota's in, and the Packers are the first team out. So Minnesota's the seven seed. Packers are the eight. And, uh, you know, they'll get a chance to play them and, and maybe take their spot. Yeah, I think it's uh, Minnesota, you know, again, huge injury, Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah. So if the, Pack, the Packers, they've got a chance. I'll put it that way. Um, well, and all we, uh, what did you want from this year, man? I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, all I wanted to see was some growth some development like nobody as a Packer fan no one realistically thought we were going to win a Super Bowl this year all I wanted to see is hey man do we have especially with love do we have a quarterback I want I want to know that and then you know we got young receivers they'll have to develop we got um we're gonna have to freshen up our offensive lines getting elderly and um you know do we have a team do we have most of a team like how many pieces away are we and the big one is is do we have a quarterback it's pretty tough to win without one right and so um, I, I would say, by my accounts, Kelly, I'm, I'm like pleasantly surprised. Like, hey, you guys are better than I thought. Yeah, I'm. I honestly, from this year, I really the the number one question I want to know is, is this our guy, or you know, is he on the path? We might need another year to know, but that's what I really was looking for. I hold no illusion that this team is going to the Super Bowl or anything like that, but. Hey, where are we? And okay, we've solved the Aaron Rodgers drama. Is he retiring? Is he not retiring? Is he coming? All that. This is our guy. He's been riding the bench for three years, learning. We've got incredibly young wide receivers. Uh, what? But you know, that's the foundation that you're gonna. Is this the foundation we can start building on? And uh, for the first time after these last few games, I'm feeling a little more optimistic. That it is. And boy, I'll tell you this, man. Just look up and down the NFL, and I mean, you just got to have that quarterback. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and uh, you know, we've had this conversation before, but I, you know, I really thought we were in like this golden age of quarterback, and, um, you know, there's all, you know, all these older guys still hanging around, that, but they can still play at a high level. There's all these young guys, um, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts and, um, uh, you know, Mahomes isn't really young anymore. I wouldn't say he doesn't qualify as that. But, you know, you got you got a lot of good quarterbacks. And then, you know, your Trevor Lawrence and your Justin Fields and, like, all these up-and-comings that look like, oh, they, they might be amazing. And then this year has really humbled the quarterback position, man. The injuries have just been unbelievable. Like, 
I mean, starting from like minute one with Rogers going down like four plays into the jet season and like Burrow and on and on, man. I mean, guys have just been dropping like flies, dude. And so, uh, yeah, if you can have a good, well-playing, healthy quarterback, that gives you a leg up on everybody. I mean, you look at some of the teams that otherwise have look, look at the Browns. I mean, the Browns have a roster that matches up with like anybody in football and they're they're missing a quarterback. Look at the Jets. They got a, a roster that matches up with anybody in football, but they don't have a quarterback. And they don't have an offensive line. So, um, yeah, you know, I, look at the I difference in the Bengals. I think that that was – and great, I get it that they, you know, went out on Aaron Rodgers. But honestly, I think to go get him without getting, doing something more about the offensive line, like – and I don't know. Maybe they should have uh, – pushed back a little bit and not got every one of his buddies that he wanted uh, uh, and spent a little of that money on some offensive line players if they could have. Yeah, I mean, it's like going out and buying a, a, a badass engine and, and then it's like, hey, do you have a car? No, not yet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but look I at my it. engine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't go anywhere, bro. You one need a the... chassis and some wheels and, like, there's a whole bunch of other stuff you need. Yeah, but look at my engine. Woo! <laughs> You know, like, I mean, one of the guys that he really wanted there, Alan Lazard, you know, he's not hurt, but he didn't even, he was on the inactive list. And I get it. He wants, he wanted some of his people around him. And, um, I, yeah, they went and signed Cobb. They signed Lazard. And I, I'm sure uh, Lazard, you know, is a good team player and, and he's an excellent blocker. I mean, he's an excellent, excellent wide receiver blocker. But come on, man. You're, you're telling me there's, there's got to be 200 guys who are better wide receivers than Cobb. And I'm sure he brings something to the, the room um, in terms of experience. And, and by all accounts, Cobb's just an awesome human being from, from everything I've, I've ever heard about him is uh he's just a genuine good dude and and you got to believe he's helping so fine make him a coach then you know what i mean give him a, a consulting role of some sort but as far as like a guy who can catch the ball and do something with it cob ain't it there, there are literally 200 other dudes who are better suited to play wide receiver in the nfl but you know so roger wanted all these guys and got them all contracts and everything and it's like dude you're you know uh, there are a lot of better players out there that you could have had for that money you know so I, I just think it's and again maybe that's just you know some franchises aren't run well and I'm not I'm not I'm not knocking him for going and getting Rodgers I mean it excited the fan base but wow man you just you got and we you know it's the same thing the Packers their their line is aging and they've got a you know they've got some tough decisions coming up on players like David Bakhtiari and yeah. other people you got to have that line I mean look no quarterback can do well if they're running for their life. Yep. That's just um, Jeff George. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, most most important uh, position group on the, a football team. And, and, and to me, you know, obviously quarterback matters a great deal. But, I, I man, give me a line. If I had to pick one group, like, hey, you're going to have the best of this in the league. Do you want the best quarterback, best running back, best middle linebacking group? Give me the best offensive line in football, and I'll, I'll take what I can get after that. Let me put it this way. I think you'll go further with a middle to above average quarterback, but a A-level offensive line than you will with the A-level quarterback and a middle-of-the-road offensive line. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, just look at the uh, Cleveland Browns. 
They got one of the best offensive lines in football. They got no quarterback, and yet they continue to win football games. They have a great defense as well, but their offense can get points simply because their offensive line is able to control the line of scrimmage. And, um, you know, they just need semi-competent quarterback play. Uh, We'll run the ball and play defense mostly, but I I need you to complete a pass from time to time, and we'll give you plenty of time to do it. Um, And, you know, Cleveland Browns keep winning football games, and and they got nothing at QB. So it can be done, man. And and, uh, to me, like I said, if I had to pick one – if you're going to say, hey, you get first pick, you can have the best of anything, I, I would take – give me the best offensive line, and then I'll, I'll wait for my next pick, you know what I mean, and, and see what I can get. And then I'll f- focus on pass rushers or something. But, um, yeah, to, for the Jets to build the way they did, I, I think you hit on right on the head, Kelly. Some organizations are just run poorly, and I think the Lions have finally cleaned up there. I think Dan Campbell has gone a long ways to changing that franchise's ident- identity. Um, and remember all those years, they just took a wide receiver in the first round every single year, wide receiver, oh, yeah. wide receiver. And, um, dude, why don't you pick up some tackles and guards? <laughs> Forget about the flashy fast guys. Just, you know, get some cord fed dudes, man. And, and why don't we start there? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, you talked about San Diego, uh, you can talk about all kinds of teams and, uh, it's. Look, I like I want good competition and I'm glad to see the Lions are hopefully turning the corner. It seems like they're uh finally changing some of their culture. Uh you you know, you want to talk about a team that's run poorly again. Uh you can look at Carolina, man. How many coaches are they going to go through? They're going through those like I changed my socks. Yeah, I love how uh uh was it uh, Tepper, I think his name is. Um he uh he's talking about, yeah, I'm known for my patience and uh <laughs> Like don't don't really show, dude. <laughs> so uh, I I know it's not working there. But you and I've had this conversation, man. I firmly believe in um, continuity, consistency. Like, dude, you gotta give people a chance. And then what's the next guy gonna think? Like, what kind of pressure is he gonna be under? The last two dudes were were got their heads chopped off in the middle of the season. And it's like. I don't know, man. Even the next guy you hire, he's got to be worried about, like, well, I don't know, at what point, week 8, week 10, week 11, when am I getting fired if it's not going well? Uh, you know, I, I just think you you, you pick your horse and, and you ride him, man. And, and you know, you, if you got to go through a year or two of, um, you know, growing pains, then just suck it up, man. You made your choice. You know, give give the dude a chance. And, you know, to this point, he hasn't given anyone a chance, so. I mean, I know there's that age-old thing of how long do you ride with something that's not working, but I'll tell you this, man. You can't, uh, not even a season, unless unless it's, rarely is it that bad. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe an example when it was that bad was Denver last year with Nathaniel Hackett because yes. mostly the uh, but there, there was a lot more wrong, but mostly the same team, and wow, they're like night and day. Well, I mean, coaching matters, man. And, um, you know, one thing, what, what did Sean Payton do? As soon as he came in, man, it was like, you know, he started on a Monday and uh, Tuesday he went and signed, I forget who, who their left tackle is, but he went and got, um, uh, you know, a left tackle. Let's pay him. We're, we're getting the best one that's available. Whoever we can get, we want the best available guy. And, uh, you know, the, he, he just gets it, man. I mean, when he was um, – at New Orleans, they made that trade where they sent uh, 
uh, Jimmy Graham for uh, Mac. They they took the yeah. uh, Seahawks center, and you know Jimmy Graham was an All Pro, like All World tight end. He was like the best tight end in football, you know, the year before. And he said, "Nope, I don't need that. What I need is a, a center. I need a, I need a, a captain of the offensive line. Let me go see the best available offensive lineman I can get, and if whatever I got to pay." And, and you know, Seahawks asked for Jimmy Graham, and um, whatever, man, you can have anything. He's the, he's the most valuable guy on the team, and I want him. And and so then when he got to Denver, that's what he did. He started building that offensive line, changed out a guard, went and got the best, highest price free agent tackle he could get. Um, and I think that's, you know, the fact that they started one in five and now all of a sudden are starting to, I'm a little surprised by the five in a row. Good, good for them. But, um, you know, I'm not surprised that it took some time though, man. It, it, you know, I've, I've talked about the offensive line, in my opinion, being the most important position on a football team. It's also the one that takes the longest to develop as a group. And, you know, you can put linebackers out there and it's just like, Hey, go tackle the guy with the ball. You got it coach. You know what I mean? And they, they can do that straight away. Day one. Uh, the offensive line depends on continuity. Um, you know, there's all kinds of protection changes. They have to have communication. They have to work together. It takes a long time to get dialed in. Um, you know, there's just so many moving pieces, Kelly, right? And, and uh, you know, the fact that it's taken them a little while to gel and come together, even if you have talented guys, um, physically talented guys on the offensive line, it does not necessarily make a great unit until they learn to play together. And the fact that it took six weeks for them to kind of figure out who each other were and, and, and what they can and can't do and when they need double teams and, and you know, uh, what, what they're good at and everything, it took some time. And I think now what you're seeing is um, a team that's, you know, slowly starting to find itself and, or maybe they already found themselves. They won five in a row. So, um, and now, uh, you know, I don't think Denver is a, a true contender. But, um, you know, they, they very well might find themselves in the playoffs. And, and this is all coaching, dude. And, uh, you know, who, who was talking about it? I think it was Hasselbeck that was talking about they, – they just played the Browns, right? And the Browns have, um, you know, really two, but especially uh, – um, gosh, what's his name? Garrett. Miles Garrett. And uh, – Hasselback was kind of breaking down what the Broncos did to Garrett. And they were like, dude, we have no solutions to, bro to block this guy. There's nothing we can do to block him. And so they came up with an offensive game plan where they were doing a lot of read options, you know, run pass options. And they're like, screw it. We're just not going to block him at all. We're going to, we're going to, you know, basically uh, make him choose. So if you go right, then we're going to go left. If you go left, then we're going to go right, you know? And so, uh, and we're not even going to block you. We're just going to let you be. We can block everyone else but you. And as opposed to banging our head against the wall and trying to figure out a way to, to physically manhandle you, forget it. We're just going to block everybody else. And then I'm either going to uh, hand the ball off to the running back if you're way outside, or if you crash inside, I'm just going to take off running with it. And, um, you know, uh, Matt Hasselbeck was was uh, kind of breaking that down. He's just talking about Sean Payton. He's like, that's brilliant. You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to handle Garrett. He's, you know, one of the best defensive ends in football. And, you know, you could try all the different blocking schemes you want. He's, he's still going to own you in the game. So, uh, you know, 
Let's find a let's find a workaround. You know what I mean? Let's think outside the box. What could we do? It's not our normal offense. It's not what we normally do. But these are special circumstances that we need to account for a special player. And he was really applauding Sean Payton's, um, you know, ingenuity and just saying, "Hey, you know what I mean? Let's find something that'll work." And uh, they were able to jump on him early, and and uh, you know, played out well. And the Broncos ended up winning the football game. Yeah, I mean. There are cases, and this is one, you know, where coaching really can make a difference. I think he changed the culture on, on a lot of ways, went and got the right kind of players uh, uh, where he needed them, set the culture. I mean, you know, getting uh, the most he can out of Russell Wilson and I think taking some of the craziness that Wilson maybe, you know, went to his head a little bit with, hey, I need my own people in the building and their own offices and I all this other stuff. It's a team, man, and I'm the coach, so I'll make those kind of decisions, and you'll be the quarterback, and you'll be good at what you do as best you can. And I think he's definitely great at creating that overall culture. And that, I mean, you can see it's just hands down a better team than it was last year. Oh, yeah. Well, and I I do think, I mean, you're seeing in the Jets right now, um, you know, we – I had this conversation with a buddy, a buddy about, um, you know, the Jets and the offense. And, um, you know, when it's kind of like, you know, you see Dobbs going to Minnesota and, you, you know, you see uh, all these other quarterbacks going down and, and Minshew comes in and he's playing good. You know, I forget who signed Carson Wentz. But um, it's kind of like, hey, man, every, you know, everyone else seems to be trying except for you. Like, you, you, how do you not recognize that your quarterback play is atrocious? And... Uh, Anyway, we were talking about some of the things, and I was like, dude, I don't get it. It's not that complicated. Your best players are Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. That's it. You know, your defense is fine. That doesn't need any fixing. They just need to, like, get get some water once in a while. you got to let them off the field every every once in a while. And uh, what the problem is is on the offense. And um, so, okay, what can we do? Our offensive line's terrible. We don't have any time to throw. Our quarterback's terrible. He's inaccurate. And uh, makes poor decisions and everything else. And I said, dude, I don't, I don't get. So Garrett Wilson is the best catcher of the football you have on your team. Zach, Zach Wilson can't throw. He's on the outside, though. He plays X, right? And so um, Zach Wilson can't accurately throw balls to him. He can't read defenses properly. When he tries, he either throws picks or it's incomplete, and it's, it's all ugly. Why don't you just move Garrett Wilson inside? I know he's – I know – sorry – Sorry, Garrett. I know, I know you're a, a X receiver. I know you're an outside guy, but you're the best guy we got for for this point forward going into the season. You're going to play in the slot. We need to bring you closer to the quarterback. You can't be 30 yards away when he's trying to complete a ball to you. You have to be eight yards away because that's all he can do. That's all we have the time for, and that's all the, the accuracy that he has. And so for the time being, for this season only, Right now, until Rodgers comes back, you're going to just be a slot receiver. You're going to be a tight end. Who cares? I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Oh, excuse my language. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but the, the, the stubbornness sometimes of, of these guys and, and just the lack of creativity from Nathaniel Hackett is just like, dude, you, you got to look at – you have two good players on your team, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. You have to – they do a good job of giving Brees Hall the ball – but you know, occasionally, man, you gotta you gotta mix it up a little and, and and find a second option. And there's no creativity. They just keep running out the same offense, running out the same plays, and they're not working. I mean, they're they're epically bad, historically bad, offensively. Dude, 
mix it up a little bit. Find a, find a new spot for Wilson to run from. You know, do what Tom Brady did for all those years when he had poor offensive line play. He said, "Hey, I'm I'm Gronk. Run three yards and turn around, dude." <laughs> and Edelman. You know, I want you to run uh, five yards and, and either go out or in, and I'm going to hit you. And we're just going to keep everything nice and nice and simple, nice and close. I don't want to get destroyed back here. Our offensive line is terrible. And uh, so I'm just going to throw little five-yard passes. I'm going to do it over and over and over and over repeatedly. And then every once in a while, I'm going to swing a little wheel route to, to um, James White or, you know, whoever the pass-catching back was of the time, you know. And, and I don't get why the Jets – haven't switched to something similar to that and, and get, get the, the best players, the ball, um, you know, but it's just, it's, uh, I don't know if it's stubbornness or arrogance or, or just like a lack of creativity, or maybe he's just can't see it. But if I'm the Jets offensive coordinator, I mean, it's real simple, man. I need to get Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall the ball. How do I do that? And for whatever you gotta, reason, you got to adapt to what you got, man. You know, yeah. you can't, hope is not a plan in, in anything and you got to adapt to what you've got, the resources you got at your disposal. And uh, again, that's why the guy wasn't a good coach in uh, uh, Denver last year. And, you know, I don't know. He's uh, it's just interesting to see how all of these different franchises are run. Uh, speaking of how things are run, I think we're up against the uh, podcast clock. But uh, another great episode, Chris. Good to catch up on all these details. Really looking forward to this weekend with the college football championships. And uh, we'll see a little bit more about where we are in the NFL after this week, too. We'll know every week we know a little more. Yeah, I mean, the college football right now, uh, this week al- alone, is definitely for- forefront on my mind. i um, curious, it's 4.45 right now, and uh, my time, and, and that uh, college football ranking should be coming out. I mean, the, the one that comes out next week, obviously, is the big one. I mean, that's, that's when it's all done, and, and, and we know for sure at that point. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I mean, we're, we're getting up against it. I made the comment to you. I don't remember if it was on air or, or prior to we, when we started recording, but, I, I mean – Years flown by. I mean, we're, we're you know heading into week thirteen of the NFL. The college football's in their conference championships. I mean, I don't know where the season went, but uh, we're rapidly approaching the finish line. All of a sudden, so um, it's exciting, man. It's exciting to be a sports fan, and um, uh, yeah, I'm always happy to talk with you about uh, about it, man. Well, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of the podcast. To be named later. <laughs>